The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Shit 90 Shows Taught Me was not filmed before a live studio audience. Do you not want to wait? Neither do we. Welcome back to Shit 90 Shows Taught Me. I'm Jess Sterling here with my co-host, Sarah Ferguson. Sarah, how are you? Hey, gorgeous. What's going on? <laughs> oh, no. Do you, answer, do you ever answer the phone like that with anybody? Would you? What do you mean, gorgeous? I answer oh, the phone all it. the time like that. I hate it. I hate it. So I think it's the word gorgeous. I think that's the problem. Try a different one. Try something else. All right. Let me try this. Hey, gorgeous. <laughs> How's it going? It's still so bad. I hate it so much. It's bad. Um, <laughs> yes, it's terrible. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to have to bring we're going to have to bring somebody else in. Um, maybe somebody can break up this awful tension that's been going on, Sarah, because we're in a fight. We're in a big fight mm-hmm. and we need to bring in somebody else who could just calm the seas, make it nice and calm in here. And I couldn't think of a better person than Lindy. Lindy, how are you? Oh my gosh. I am wonderful. I'm so happy to be here. It is a beautiful sunny day in my heart there are no storms here whatsoever (laughs) you picked such a good episode to come on lindy because this one was so dramatic i was honestly living for it like i know people love season two as do i as does sarah season two will have my heart forever and season four got off to like a fine start it was a good start but this episode i was like oh my we are getting into the high high drama these are high stakes. There's drama. There's life-threatening situations. And this is se- episode three of the season. They are yeah. really going for it. And Sarah, you, so we watched this together in person. Yes, and did. you were so shook when we saw Yui, Drew with the UE, 
Mm-hmm. He knew Jen. Who knew? That was crazy. Shock of what the What a twist. The twist. I mean, this was a great episode of Dawson's Creek. I was very shocked throughout all of it. There was drama. There was intrigue. There was sass. There was loss. Um, I'm in mourning. I don't think I've been as upset <laughs> since Abby Morgan. Rest in peace. The drama that you listen when I watched this with her in person, she was like, Tell me that's not the end of true love. And I was like, Ma'am, there was a massive storm and they left this boat out in the middle of the sea. Do you think true love is okay? I, I hope. Do you think they can? I'm no spoilers for anything, but like, don't you think they can try to find it? I, I would we can get into so. this. But. I would think so, but I, I, I got this isn't on a cute little creek. This is an ocean, Sarah. An ocean. I'm They're not out ready on the to cave. Let go. I'm not ready to let go. And then, like, to be perfectly honest with you, I straight up asked Jess to please spoil me because I really <laughs> need to know so if bad. true love comes back. And I can't handle. I was. I went to bed that night, and you know, I was just sitting there, and you know, people think about what happened during their day, and we had spent such a great slumber party together jessica but all i can think about was the loss of true love <laughs> true oh, love no. is dead oh, what did jess tell you she tr- she's like number one i can't remember because i can't remember anything this so is that the was truth the this is the honest and then God she, truth she googled it and then she said from my google my google analysis she was not able to find proof that true love showed up after this point yeah, but I'm also not positive of that fact. So. I'm going to be honest. I don't remember either. I'm yeah. like, Jess, I, there's so many things I just cannot remember. That's but... the thing. Yeah, your brain only has so much space. Exactly. But, you know, even if it doesn't show up, we can kind of just pretend that Pacey goes and rescues it and he, yeah. you know, gets it back to its glory days like he did originally. It was in bad shape before he, before he put in all that work. So he could do that again. Maybe true love is just kind of like an uncaged animal. She doesn't want to be caged. She wants to roam and get crashed and then found and then fixed up again. And then yeah. roam and then crash. But the, the best news of all is that, um, you know, Jessica came over, gave me my birthday presents because it was my birthday. And she gave me a part of true love. It's um, such funny timing that I gave her a keychain that is like the plaque of the true, true love, love that PC holds. Yeah. And it's very serendipitous timing. <laughs> oh yeah, she gave that to me the same day True Love went out to pasture. And what does this what does it say in the back? I forget. Oh, it says I remember I remember everything or something. It's the it's the it's oh, the yeah. line from the prom. From the I yeah, anti prom. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so uh, I've been driving around with True Love. So True Love will always be a part of me. It's on my car keychain with my fuzzball. True love yes. lives in your heart. Always. It always I can't I honestly can't let go. But I was the same way when we lost Abby. You well, I think you were definitely more upset when we lost Abby. This is a boat, Sarah. That no. was a human being. Uh, I mean, like, I mean, for me, it's kind of 50-50. This is true love. Oh my gosh. True love is dead. <laughs> 
No, because like Joey and Pacey are just fine. Like no, they, they made up. It's, it's dead. All... Okay. It's a metaphor, Jessica. It's I'm dead. Sorry. Okay. All well, right. Well, let's know. let's. I mean, we're gonna have to talk about this again and again and again. We're gonna have to break it all down. But first, Lindy, give us give us the the quick hits of you. Uh, when did you first watch Dawson's Creek? If you can remember, tell us a little bit about your love for the show. Oh, I remember everything about my love for <laughs> Dawson's Creek. <laughs> So I was I was too young to watch it when it was originally on, but you know, I grew up, I've always loved TV, loved teen dramas, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So when I was in, I think the summer after 10th grade of high school, I was a target and I was in the DVD section because at that time all the TV I watched, it was on DVDs. And so Uh there was this package that was a bundle of season one and season two of Dawson's Creek. And it was only $20 for both of them. What a deal. I know, right? At the time. Yes. And so I (laughs) went for it and I bought that. And then I went home and I watched the first two seasons and I really liked it. I was really invested. But then you know, I watched season three for the first time. And Mm -hmm. that is when I became absolutely obsessed with this show because I'm such a huge fan of Pacey and Joey and just watching their whole journey through season three. Honestly, it never fails to captivate me. I've watched it several times the whole show, but also certain episodes of season three I have watched countless times like what like what (laughs) like stolen kisses all the the end of season three stolen kisses and then the longest day and like the anti-prom and can't forget true love Mm -hmm. oh true love it's just all so beautiful and honestly when you when you guys got to those episodes you know a few weeks ago I was watching along and I could not stop watching the show I just kept going through the episodes at the end of season three even though I've already seen them because that's how much (laughs) I love Pacey and Joey there you go so we have a hardcore Jossie Juice drinker on the podcast We love to hear it because I think the hardest part is going from the season two pandy to like be able to pivot and shift because we didn't have the like few weeks or months in the summer off of the show to like recalibrate our minds. Forget about them. We can't. Yeah, exactly. Like I feel like it was different back in the day when you had like network television and you took a break from a show because you didn't binge rewatch it before the show came back on. You just picked Mm -hmm. up where things left off. And so in your brain, it's like, Oh, no big deal. Like now it's Joey and Pacey. Great. But in our minds, it was like very hard to move past the pandy of it all, especially with how dirty they did my girl Andy. However, this is the Andy redemption story. This episode was so great for Andy and I'm really excited to dig into it because I, you know, Sarah, I was complaining. I was like, where's Andy? Why is she's everyone's sidekick? Why isn't she getting her own Mm storyline? And then she came in with the heat this episode and I was here for it. And I'm very excited because I think obviously strongest episode of the season by far, I think uh, so far. And then I also love, we get a lot of interesting pairings this episode as well, which I really love about the show. Anytime they're pairing up different individuals makes me very happy. So let's dive in because we have so much to cover here on The Storm. Um, We start off and freaking Yui 
is now going to Caveside High, Sarah. Like, you were shocked when you saw yeah, him. Yeah, this was very shocking for me. I could not believe that Yui made his way into Caveside High. I... I, it's like oh, I thought that he was a rich kid. Why is he not hanging out in private school? But he was there. He's in English class. He sits right behind Joey. A uh, new he English touches teacher. her hair. That's not okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. No touching of the hair, especially unless the hair is sitting on the desk, ma'am. I hate that. Okay, I but like that. you can't just touch someone else's hair, Lindy. Please tell well, me you what, would not. What just... is it? Please move your hair. I well, hate you can it. ask them. Okay, you shouldn't I hated touch it, it in school when the girl's hair in front of you touched your desk. It's like this is my desk area. I gotta be honest. I agree with both of you. So Sarah, totally agree. Really gross when someone's hair is on your desk right in front of you but also seems kind of weird to have to touch it so i would just <laughs> gently ask like hey i see hey, I'd, be, yeah. I'd be that bitch who like wouldn't even say anything i would just stew and be very annoyed the entire time because i agree like i don't want it on my desk especially when they do the, like the flippy thing you know like they flip it all back and it's like those desks were very close together in high school and like they could whack you in the face if they had enough hair well the trick it no this is very evil um, um, I was gonna okay, say, well, now I need to know. You can back the desk up, have the hair fall between <gasps> the cracks. <gasps> oh my gosh! Back the so desk evil. forward. I never That's did mean. that, but mm, in my sure. head, I would sure, want to. Jan. But the point is, Joey's hair isn't that long. This no. was not that situation. No, no, no. He's just being a creeper. Um, and so they're in English class and the ch teacher's discussing Shakespeare. And of course, of course, it's the two gentlemen of Verona. And so we have two men who are fighting over the same woman. Um, and it's just like, okay, of course we're going here. We have to go here. And, uh, and Joey warns Drew the next time she touches her hair, or he touches her hair, she will draw blood. Ooh. And yeah, I mean... I don't know. I guess like he probably just he probably sat behind her. She probably didn't like sit in front of him. I bet he sat behind her because he's assigned seating. Oh, uh, maybe it could have been. I don't know. In high, high school, school, are you getting assigned seating? I think so. I Sometimes assigned seating. Yeah. But that doesn't make sense because it would be alphabetical and like Potter, Valentine. And Valentine. Yeah. yeah. They're not close That's together. True. Um, and so of course the teacher yells at Joey because of course he does. He's not paying attention. And, um, and I hate this guy. Why are all these teachers at Caveside High dicks? <laughs> and all the English teachers on this show. I mean, I don't want to mention AJ, but I have to mention AJ. Oh, AJ. AJ, oh. Mr. Peterson. Yeah, they're all assholes or they're all unqualified yeah. like Mitch. <laughs> the the educators the are not that great at Caveside. Or, or they have affairs with their students. Looking at you, season one. Looking yeah. at you, Tammy. I think that the the Trulia report on the educational system of Capeside would not show that it has a good schooling system, to be honest <laughs> with you. Yeah, it's it really bad. Schooling. It and is I bad. Hate when it's he really says, bad. Yeah, he says, could you raise the volume up a notch? I don't speak mumble. It's like, okay, bro, calm down. Uh, so, um, so she talks about, she says it's about a girl who comes between two guys and uh joey says she doesn't think it was realistic 
because Valentine is a cardboard cutout hero and Pro- Proteus, I think his name is, is unfairly painted as a villain. I just think these scenarios are actually a lot more complicated. And of course, Dawson being Dawson has to laugh. And mm-hmm. he says, well, I don't think it's a story about a girl becoming uh, coming between two guys. It's actually about the friendship between the two guys. And Joey says, well, it fails when the girl comes between them. And, of course, Dawson is going to take the side of Valentine um, because, obviously, he is the Valentine, you know, stand-in metaphor. And Pacey is the Proteus. And Proteus is a lousy friend. And he's just like, okay, Dawson, like, we are all tired of this routine now. I think you need to build a bridge and get over it. Because, like, this is, I mean, I know we aren't that far in. But, Mm -hmm. Lindy, he has had an entire summer to get over this. Well, first of all, my thought during this scene where uh, Joey and Dawson are just like talking about themselves through the thinly veiled uh, context of the play. I was just like, how embarrassing for them. Like the other students in this class are probably like these weirdos. Like, yeah, they make it all about themselves all the time. Exactly. Um, But I mean, I understand that Dawson is still not over this. I don't agree with it, but I get it. He's hurt and he's acting out. And that's just what Dawson does. He is dramatic. And you Mm -hmm. know what? I'm not upset about it. He does bring the high drama at the very least, I suppose. Um, So Joey says, well, nothing about this topic is black and white. And of course, Drew, the little shit stirrer, Yui, he has to jump in and just say, you know what? I'd love to see these two talk about this in a prepared debate. And the teacher, Sarah, the teacher is so wrong here to like jump right on this idea that a student has. Mm-hmm. He's just like, you know what? This is a great idea. And and Yui, you team up with them. Throw your own viewpoint in. And it's due fucking tomorrow? Are you kidding me? All of these extra assignments that are always given out during in tv is always due tomorrow it's unreasonable they have seven other classes that they have to go to this is not fair what if they were in extracurriculars and didn't have time to get together that same night like give me a break they do have extra um they do joey has a job job. yeah this is ridiculous and are they the only students who have to do this yeah apparently That's so unfair. And I guess it's because they were kind of bickering in class. But they were participating at least. (laughs) It's like you, you're making, you're, you're adding to the discussion of the book. Go to detention, write a paper. So annoying. Um, so meanwhile, we see, um, Jen comes out into the kitchen and Graham's cause she's a freaking legend. It's like, listen, it's going to rain. And Jen says, oh, it's it says it's going to be a beautiful day. And she doesn't. So Jen is late for school. And this is like all pretty unacceptable. She's like, I'm not even an hour late. It's like, you're a child. Like, go to school, Jen. Who are you talking to? She's had her heart broken. She deserves to have a little bit of time to sleep in. I'm on her side. The <laughs> issue know, you know is Graham, that though. tardiness equals detention. Yeah. And the more tardies you get, the more detention you get. I know because I did it a lot, even though I lived basically across the street from my high school. Um, So lots of detention for Jen. But she is. She's very upset. I think that we they need to give her some leeway. 
Okay, you're only saying that because you would be the gen where Jen says, I had a, a lot of any, uh, femme music to weed through this morning, and I happened to resent the interruption. And I love Graham saying these songs are only exacerbating your sadness. I like that. I know you do. What is femme music? He called it angry femme music. Angry yeah. femme music. I, I want to say it's like loud. Like the Veronica's? Like, I, yeah, I that think sounds it's like. Right rock music like guitars like electric guitars with women all women bands or something you know? angry femme music there's a lot of more set count in this yeah like i i think that could yeah. count one yeah yeah i feel like i think that would work um and so jen says you know what i'm not even sad anymore i'm now in the thick of being pissed off mm. <laughs> like Good for her. Yeah. Good for you. Henry sucks, Jen. And the quicker you get over him, the better for all of us. Right? I cannot believe the audacity that this boy had to break up with her in the way that he did when yeah. he didn't deserve her in the first place. Yeah. I defended Henry when he first came on. But after that, it's like, no, Henry sucks. Henry I, is the worst. I just can't believe that he couldn't even do a phone call. It was trash. You have That's to. What it is. I know he's not. He he's not gaining any favor. You have to face the issue directly. You can't go yeah. through. He didn't even write an email directly to Jen. It's just he no, is. He trash. wanted Jack to do it. Um, and he so Jen not want the actor back, and so they were just like. Oh, maybe gonna... he had other things like that he wanted to do you know maybe he thought that this was his big break and he was going to go on to bigger better things but like i got news for you buddy yikes um and so grams puts a cap on jen's melancholy <laughs> which is very funny a 48 hour cap on your melancholy and jen's like you can't cap my melancholy <laughs> <laughs> um and so 40 hours is no me. time at all According well, she's to had Charlotte York. It's half the time in the relationship. I don't believe anything Charlotte York says. I believe she's it. trash too. She's not trash. Don't she sucks. That. She does suck. That. No, she marries a guy just because he's good looking. Uh, half of everybody in the galaxy, Jessica. <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about? Everybody <laughs> marries for looks. Not solely. That was the reason she married that dude that nearly ran her over. Jessica. Well, it's the truth. Anyway, back to the Dawson's Creek. So oh, no. Henry looks crazy now. <laughs> oh, no. No, send us okay. a link. What does he look like? Uh, okay, just Google Michael Pitt. Michael Pitt is his name? Michael what an Pitt. unfortunate name. It's like he tried to be Brad Pitt but couldn't. Oh, no. <laughs> he... <laughs> He he looks unfortunate. <gasps> oh no! Like in a scary way. Like he might murder me. Way <laughs> he looks fairly like okay. First of all, I don't know what's happening with his mouth. But second of all, he has sad mouth. He does. He has like he looks like one of those. This is gonna be really mean. This he looks like one of those people that like does that cup trick where they like suction the cup onto their mouth to make their lips oh, look bigger. Yeah. But he did it like poorly. Henry, Henry, what happened? Is he, he looks related gaunt. to Brad Pitt. Is that a stupid question? Oh, well, someone asked it online. Let's see. People often wonder if they're related. Um, if if they are, it's very, very distantly. <laughs> very, 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 <laughs> so very stupid. distantly. Isn't Brad Pitt's real name not even Brad Pitt, or is that like a myth? 
Uh, that might be true. Oh, he's from West Orange, New Jersey. I'm oh, sorry. No. He's basically a neighbor. <laughs> don't come after me. Leave me alone. <laughs> he looks very gaunt. I know. Anyway. I don't know what happened to him. Something. He's in a depression. He's like seen Jen. some shit. Um, Here's some so, inconsistency. Yeah. Google says he's 5'11", but IMDb says he's 5'10 and a half. Like, <laughs> How will we ever live? Just like all men, they must lie about their size all men can't be under 510 that's their problem they all say they're above 510 we know it's not true we're on to you okay we could tell um anyway so grams knows it's gonna rain and this is like the foreshadowing grams knows all she says it's gonna rain it is gonna rain uh so meanwhile dawson and joey are leaving class and um joey's like are you okay with this and dawson says listen let's just get it over with so he has to go down to the yacht club because she has to work um, but she says, apparently Thursday nights is their quiet night. Sarah's face is something is happening to Sarah's face. What are you looking at? Did you keep Googling him? Yeah. Okay. Why are you so, still Googling? Hold on. Because this <laughs> is important. We haven't talked about this. Okay. okay. What's the tea? The, the question is, why did Michael Pitt leave Dawson's Creek? Creek? Got it. Okay. Um, at the time, those on the show insisted Pitt's departure was a creative decision, but the creative decision just so happened to come a month after Pitt was fired by his own agent because he was, quote unquote, really difficult on set and otherwise. Uh, excuse me, but Henry's difficult? Apparently. Maybe it's because he thought he was like looked like Leonardo DiCaprio. He could act like Leonardo DiCaprio and like... Oh, wait, no, you know. that was, sorry, that was during Boardwalk Empire, but <laughs> I'm... <laughs> You're a terrible news reporter. But I'm going to say it's the same reason. Oh it could have been, yeah. Here's a picture of him flipping the bird. Michael, what? Like, you've never given the middle finger in your Henry life. Henry is disturbed. Oh. And we already knew that, but... I'm sorry. Something must have happened at boarding school. I mean, something really bad happened at that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He thought he was going to get his, I bet he thought he was going to get his own spinoff a la Young Americans. Yeah, cruddy. He thought he was okay, gonna I'm going to click, cruddy. I'm going to click off of Michael Pitt. I don't need do. to know We why don't need to left. know anymore. We don't um, need to know. So anyway, so they're going to go to the, they're going to go down to the yacht club because Joey says it's really quiet there because there's one old geezer who always shows up for the prime ribs special and like this lindy i don't know how how do you feel about do you, are you someone who will order a similar meal every single week or do you do you like more variety look i like familiarity i will get the same exact thing Me so too. i understand this guy you know i've worked in retail situations i've mm -hmm. seen this guy he comes to the same place at the same day, at the same time, and gets the same thing every single time, and he loves it. So good for him for knowing what he likes. Yes. Yes. Get Find one thing that you like and never change it for the rest of your life. That's what I always say. Well, then. <laughs> I just thought there was going to be more to him. Like, I thought we were going to get a backstory a la the guy that used to come into the ice house. Oh, and you order... mean the ghost? He was a freaking ghost, Jessica. He wasn't a ghost. You he just made that up. No, he, he was a ghost. Okay, so he says a he ghost. Was a ghost. <laughs> okay, so this is the guy that came into the ice house and he would like he wrote a poem. There, and he wrote Jack and Joey a poem. And it was the full moon. <laughs> it was the full moon. <laughs> 
It was the full moon. That was the best and then episode. He was, like, he was like, he's like, the full moon makes people go crazy. Blah 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 blah. Well, actually, everybody else said that. And then one second he was there, and then they turned towards him, and Man, he was gone. He, he was left ghost. the restaurant. He literally opened the door and no, walked out. He did not. not that didn't happen. Ghost. He disappeared. He was the ghost of love to come. Okay, I was actually gonna side with Jess here, but then I thought about it. And yeah. you know what? <laughs> this show has gone to which island? There yeah. are spirits on this show. And so I think it's plausible, Sarah. He oh was a goodness. ghost. I'm pretty positive. No. Okay. It doesn't matter. The point is, I thought we were going to get more backstory with the old guy, but turns out he's just like old, like really crunchy, like crusty. Crunchy. He's like a crunchy, crusty, crabby man. That's what uh, he, he was. You know, he was one of those crunchy moms that drinks green juice. <laughs> I don't think so. He's eating prime rib. He doesn't strike me as the granola type. Yeah. Um. And so Dawson leaves, of course, right as Pacey and Jen walks up. And like Pacey, I don't know. I feel like Pacey's being a bit petty here where he's like, geez, he couldn't have walked out faster. And it's like, Lindy, obviously he doesn't like you, Pacey. Like, why do you have to comment on it? Just let it go by, you know? I mean, he's upset just like Dawson is. But Pacey, yeah, I mean, he's he's dating joey so he should probably make a little bit more of an effort with dawson seeing as how dawson's the one who really got his heart broken here i understand pacey's frustration but yeah what can you do i mean yeah i do agree i actually do think that it's pacey's position to go to dawson and try to make this right versus Dawson going to Pacey in this. Oh yeah, because Pacey was in the wrong. Yeah. Uh, I mean, wrong in the wrong is kind of a hard thing well, to say. It's more so. Yeah, he wasn't he, wrong for feeling his feelings. It was like the way Dawson found out about it wasn't ideal, and like Pacey should be the one to clear the air for sure. He needs right. to be the one to make the first move, just like how Joey did the same thing. Joey. Yeah got to Cape Side and went straight to Dawson, not because she yeah. wanted to Mac with him or whatever, just because she wanted to clear the air. Yeah. And then therapist Jen is at it again. And uh, she says, you know what? One day, one of you is going to have to end this great era of silence. And, uh, but like Pacey pretty much ignores her and he, so this, okay, we'll get, we'll read some feedback later that points out that this is a major, major plot hole. Thank you, Linda, for pointing this out because Pacey's all excited. He says he got his quote unquote first A. So obviously, Lindy, we have completely just forgotten. We're rewriting history and we've forgotten that Pacey got an A when Andy tutored him. It's extremely upsetting. And I will say when you watch season two for the first time, yeah, I was all in on Pacey and Andy. I loved them. Then I watched season three, and yes, Joey and Pacey overtook that. Mm -hmm. But we can't forget what Andy and Pacey were like together. And I wasn't sure if he had gotten an A. I couldn't remember. But the fact that he did, and he's like, oh, this is my first A, that is so rude to Andy. Yeah. I took it as first A of the year. Not first day ever. Oh, I guess he did. He didn't say the word ever. Right. But I don't know. The way he says, like, and then he says, oh, and I couldn't have done it without you, Joey. And it's like, okay, well, you did before, though. Like, you have done this. You've had the same storyline with a different girl. Like, now I'm starting to get, like, Linda. I'm starting to get frustrated. I'm getting annoyed that, like, we are pretending that Andy and Pacey didn't have literally the same storyline in season mm -hmm. two. Granted, maybe now it's a bit higher stakes because 
everyone's graduating and going off to college. And if he gets let that like left behind, that's kind of, that's a pretty big deal at this point. But at the same time, it feels like we're recycling material and we're only in season four. Like there hasn't been that many seasons of the show. <laughs> we need to do that. Um, yeah, a bad memory. Fourth season in high school, and I feel like there's only so many things you can do with that. <laughs> yeah. And school is one of the big ones, and so it's like, okay, Macy's yeah. failing again. Yeah, yeah, I suppose you're right because this. So this this show isn't your like Gossip Girl. This show isn't other shows where they would lean into like sex, drugs, rock and roll. You know what I mean? Like this is a much milder. The drama is not as high. They're not binge drinking and snorting coke off the toilet seat you know like they're doing much milder things and so because of that I think they have to go a little bit tamer with like the drama so I guess it makes sense but and I, yet, I just near the death whole experiences here near yeah near death experiences the the Mr. Potter erasure is just really offensive okay it was one thing though it wasn't even the teens it was one of their dads and he like started first of all he got arrested for selling weed which like okay but then like later he gets arrested for selling harder stuff but i'm just saying like yeah you know it was one time anyway um one time um and so uh right and so pacey wants joey to come sailing with him because it's going to be the last beautiful day of the season um but she has to work and she has a project and she says it's with dawson it wasn't planned and he like looks upset but jen again therapist jen always coming to the rescue she says i'll go um maybe the open horizon will lift my spirits i like this you know because she's been in a crappy mood she's been debbie downer a little bit because of the breakup she's putting herself out there for new experiences sarah this is great go sail the seven seas that sounds amazing Go, yeah. go for it. Go, Jen. And it's nice to see this pairing, which is we haven't seen since. Uh, Witch Island? Well, the Witch Island, but the dance, the tango for Four two. To tango. Four oh, to tango. Oh, Four to Tango was a great one. That was a yeah. really good episode. It was. Um, but she does say she's not going to make out with Pacey and she'll probably puke. So, like, same girl, same. I would puke on that sailboard all day. So I get it. Um, and so then we're back to Andy is getting ready. She's trying to decide hair up, hair down. And Jack is so unhelpful, Lindy. He's just don't ask me hair questions. It's like you could just just even if you don't care, just pick one. You know, act like you care. I think, yeah, he doesn't know which one's better. So maybe he shouldn't advise her. I will say I agree with her on down for an interview. I just feel like I always wear my hair down in a situation like that. I don't yeah. know why, but that's just what I do. Yeah, Definitely same. down. I liked her hair down. She was a casual. It's good. Yeah. Um, so this is an interview, a college interview, not for Harvard, but uh, through a unnamed college that Miss Valentine was uh, an alum of. Yes. And so, and we find out also that apparently Jack has not really started the application process for college. So we've talked about this a little bit, how like it's a bit of a rewrite where Jack was originally supposed to be an older brother, like by at least a year. And now it seems like they're both graduating at the same time. They're kind of Irish twins. Um, but he hasn't even started the application process. Uh, and Andy is already doing some interviews. And then she almost falls over. She gets dizzy. And we hmm. this is going to be a running thing of this episode is uh, an update on Andy's mental health, which I very much appreciated because 
I feel like all of us who love Andy are kind of sitting like wondering how she's doing, how she's managing. And it's also just something that's really nice to see on television. It's nice to see discussed on TV. And so she's apparently taking a new medication. Um, it's preventative, but um, it, it makes her a little bit dizzy. Uh, but she says, in times of high stress, it can't hurt to have an extra line of defense. Which, Lindy, I loved this line because she's right. It's good to have, like, something in your back pocket that you need if you need to whip it out in, a, in times of high stress. It makes sense. Yeah, I loved that this was in the episode. You know, Andy has been so on the show like so open about what she's been through and I love that they included this like really specifically talking about her medication and how it's affecting her and why she needs it and you know Jack is really supportive of it so I really love this scene yeah I think it's also good to point out she said that it's uh she's tried a couple of things at this point and this has worked best for her and I think it's good to point out that your first like all medications everybody reacts to reacts to different medications differently so sometimes it takes a couple of different prescriptions to get the right thing for you so i think that was good to bring up as well yeah absolutely i think you're totally right it sometimes takes a little bit of finagling to figure out what your body is going to react well to and so this is just the newest one that she is now trying um just because I mean, as you can imagine, being a senior is super stressful and she's going through college interviews and we know Andy and we know she stresses out about this stuff. And so it's it's nice to have this talked about in conjunction with her, um, you know, pursuit of a higher education and how that is going to be. I, I love I mean, I, I, I hate it, but I love that that is a storyline in this episode because it, it makes me I mean, Sarah can attest. I was livid watching this live. I was just so angry yeah, it was pretty, watching this. It was very infuriating. Yeah. But I like, even though how we got there was infuriating, I like the outcome of it. Well, that, and I think it's important to show that there are people who are going to look down on you um, for for going through mental health struggles, right? Mm -hmm. Like society does treat still, still now, there's still a stigma on mental health and uh, the fact that she had to go on a, a small, I'm trying to think, I think it's like a leave of absence is what they called it or something. But it still looks it's it's frowned upon, and the fact that she even I mean we'll get into it. The fact that Miss Valentine even has the audacity to to ask Andy like, oh, are you are you sure you're okay? It's like, don't don't do that to her, you know. Um, but we are at the Leary household, and Mitch and Gail are sick. Uh, apparently, Mitch had something, and then he infected Gail. And these, these people got like mono and they're like 40 whatever years old how is it even possible <laughs> i thought you guys would hate this and also i kind of did too because gail like walks over the couch in her blanket and she's like this is marriage <laughs> like <laughs> i gotta tell yeah. you whenever drew and i get sick we get banished and the other one's not sick no we don't get sick at the same time we get we literally banish each other so, oh, see, in my household, it's more like whoever is the not sick one is responsible for taking care of everything while the other one recovers. Because it's like, I mean, Will doesn't listen to this, so I can say mm. men cannot handle their sickness. And they're always big, big babies about it. And so it's like, I don't feel good. Like for like at least a week. I mean, I got to be honest. I'm a, I'm a real baby about it, too. <laughs> so <laughs> 
I'm not gonna judge anyone. Oh, <laughs> uh, so yeah, this is very funny. That like, I love Dawson saying, "Well, maybe you should keep your tongues out of each other's throats." <laughs> you'll stop passing this back and forth. But I loved that this was all we had to see of Mitch and Gail. Hallelujah. Well, well, okay. I wanted to bring this up because this is not the last time we see them in this episode. However, when we see them. Later this very same day, they're totally fine. They're not sick anymore. What happened? <laughs> Why was this storyline here if they yeah. were going to miraculously recover in a matter of hours? It doesn't feel like it had any bearing on anything. It <laughs> did Why? Just have them making dinner. Why are they just like horribly sick? Right. I don't <laughs> know. So stupid. It is. It's really dumb. And so Dawson says, oh, you know, I have to go to do this assignment with Joey. And um, Mitch is like, well, oh, are you okay? It's like everybody treats Dawson with kid gloves. Are mm -hmm. you okay with that, Dawson? Are you going to be all right? And I love Dawson straight up saying, why does everybody treat me like my head is going to spontaneously explode every time Joey's name is mentioned? Well, that's what happens when people, like when you're in mourning, people really do treat you like you're a delicate flower. I remember like yeah. when I lost my dad, everyone, and, and like the, it's all well-intentioned, but everybody does treat you kind of like you're a little baby, you know, because they're, they don't know if you're going to burst out crying or have like an emotional reaction or anything. So everyone's like uber, uber careful. Um, and I think that kind of when you're going through this type of stuff, you just want to be treated like normal. So it gets it gets almost annoying that you're being treated specially. I don't know. That's yeah. how I feel at least. Yeah. I mean, I could, I could see, especially because it has been three months. And so I can only imagine he's probably been up with this for three months. And after that long, I'd be annoyed with it too. Right. Um, and so he says, so yeah, so Dawson does say he seems that Pacey seems to hate him even more now that he's talked to Joey. And my question is, how the fuck would you even know that, Dawson? Like, you haven't spoken to him. How would you know if he hates you more? You don't. Pacey's not even lingering. He's not even, like, wanting to speak to Dawson. Because he doesn't think Dawson wants to speak to him. So well, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I know. Because they're in a fight and they're being immature and they're not talking about it. So they have no idea what the other one's thinking. It's like, that she, they hate me. No, they hate me. So it's a it's big drama. Yeah. Well, it's yeah. all about the looks they're giving each other. Oh, yeah. I'm sure that Pacey is not giving Dawson friendly looks. Mm -hmm. That's fair. That's fair. There is no looks of friendliness at all. Um, and so Mitch is, oh, well, you know, you did the right thing. And so then we get a, like another, uh, what is it called? Foreshadowing where Mitch says, oh, make sure you close the windows. It's getting pretty windy. And yet, um, we're out on a boat with Jen and Pacey and they're just sailing around, enjoying the nice weather, having a great time. Mm -hmm. And I really hate when Pacey calls Dawson Joey's ex soulmate. It, like, is really gross to me. <laughs> that stuck out to me. I was like, why would he say it like that? Just say ex-boyfriend, dude. Like, you don't need to do that. Stop. He's being petty. It's He's he's saying those things so that Jen can say, oh, they're not really soulmates. Like, you guys are soulmates. It's kind of a way for him to undermine what they had. 
and yeah, hopefully I- that Jen's going to back him up. I guess. It's just yeah, so Jen it says, well, like you picked the wrong person to be out here with because I just broke I guess got broken up with or I've, you know, I'm just got dumped. And so I'm not exactly high on relationships at the moment. Um and I mean I I suppose so, but I I agree. Like I I love Jen and Pacey as a a friend pairing at this point. Like I think they're fun. They are. I think they're they're both two of the more um wild children of the bunch well i mean they're tame now damaged well they're all damaged they're every one of them is damaged sarah this is tv okay this is dramatic teenage television they're all they all baggage that's true they do lindy how would you feel about being on a sailboat with uh jen and pc does this look like fun to you so i mean that's two questions really would i like to hang out with jen and pacey absolutely i mean look i'm in love with pacey that's pretty clear and (laughs) jen is awesome (laughs) love her um would i want to be on a sailboat maybe if it were we checked the weather forecast ahead of time maybe and we weren't out on the open seas in the middle of a hurricane then you know if if we're not doing that i would do it yeah, I don't think I don't really trust Pacey because he says he checked the weather this morning and it said the storm system is headed up the coast, but it's going to pass right over us. It's like if you saw a storm at all, why are you out on the water? Doesn't passing overhead mean it's gonna be right I on you? <laughs> you think? I don't understand boat stuff, so I don't know for sure. But anybody who does know boat stuff, please let us know because I I don't know, but I would think so too. I was thinking the same thing. I'm like. If it's going to pass you over the top, like rain falls from the sky, PC. Like I hate to break it to you. (laughs) It's not, it's not like it's ongoing traffic where the rain sees you and then decides to like curve away from you. Yeah. Yeah. It's going over the, over your head. Over the head. Yeah. So stupid. Um, and then of course we get the Caveside Yacht Club. Hello, gorgeous. I fucking knew he. <laughs> I hate him so much. Oh, my God. Who is he answering the phone to? Yeah. And uh, Joey, gorgeous, is it? <laughs> yeah, who is this? Who? Who? He just got here. Who's he possibly already calling gorgeous? Hello, isn't gorgeous. This, <laughs> isn't this someone from, like, I just assumed it was, like, from New York, where he from came New York. from. I suppose, yeah. but who wants to be called gorgeous by Yui? Like, not me um sarah said it best when she said he's almost attractive yeah he's nearly attractive he's nearly attractive just like his like he would be really 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 good looking if his nose was a little bit smaller and his chin was a little bit stronger that's kind of the rule that i'm thinking i think he would be more attractive if his name was spelled (laughs) d-r-e-w right (laughs) yeah I know like as somebody who is engaged to a Drew if his name was UE I don't know if I'd be able to fuck him (laughs) you're like I can't mess around with this we're done sorry I will not be having sexual intercourse with you right now sorry (laughs) that would just be so bad um Joey says that she is UE's doctor and he has syphilis yeah Um, it was great yeah, and then Yui's like, that was rude. And Joey's like, ruder than taking cell phone calls when trying to be working on a project. I don't yeah, think and, so. And Yui says that they have a sexual vibe between them, and he calls it a Star Wars thing. So yeah. he yeah. says 
that uh, Pacey is Han Solo and Dawson is Luke. And so I assume that Joey has to be um, Leia. Is that right? Correct. Yes. But Leia and Luke are brother and sister, you nasty. That's the point, bitch. But he said there was a sexual vibe between exactly, them. Exactly. That's the point. That Lindy, was the you point of the joke. Star Wars. I cannot consult about Star Wars. I'm sorry. I have oh, no. That was no... the point of the joke was that they had like sexual tension, like Leia and uh, Luke Skywalker in the movies. And then they find out that they're siblings. So nasty. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Lindy knew less than us about Star Wars. I knew less. And I, I yeah, Amazing. I have a very basic knowledge of Star Wars. So I didn't yeah. understand Drew's joke, but I knew he was being a jerk. So I yeah, just feel okay. like the, the con- I think that like it would work better if Luke wasn't his or her, her brother. Like the joke would work better. No, it doesn't. Yes, it, it's this because is a dumb they- joke. Oh gosh. He's getting in their heads and like, oh, yeah. you're like siblings? Maybe. Okay. Yeah. The thing is, is that Yui is not funny and he's not <laughs> supposed to be. That's it. that's that's the whole yeah. thing. And then Joey quips back, Well, that makes you Jabba the Hut. Do you know Amazing. who Jabba the Hut is? Jabba the Hut is like a big slug looking motherfucker. This guy is yeah. hideous. He is like big and sloppy, and he probably mm-hmm. leaves like one of those slimy trails Ooh. behind him when he slithers around. Cape loves snails. Wait, what? What? <laughs> snails are Cape Side's national animal. Oh, you said I thought you said you loved snails. And I was like, man, since when? <laughs> since when? Um, yeah, I understood what she was going for well enough to understand the insult. But yeah. I gotta say, this is the Joey that I love when she is being yeah. mean to me boys too. who are jerks. Yeah, me too. And I she know. is so confident about it. Yes. She is not holding back. I love when Joey does this. Joey's yeah. having uh some good a good season so far. In the three episodes I've seen, I am very happy with Joey's status. She's rising back into the ranks ever slowly, but surely. I'm excited for this. I'm excited for what can come. Yeah. Honestly, I think this has been, I mean, we're only three episodes in, but so far, I think this season is pr- doing a pretty good job with most of the characters. I think Jack is getting like not that much material, but I'd say like they're all getting, they're all like putting me in their good or putting themselves in my good graces that's mm-hmm. that's how i was gonna phrase it so um mr brooks gets there crotchety old mr brooks the usual table prime rib special he says he says he wants it quick he wants to get his boat home before the storm bitch why didn't you just eat at home then like what are you doing i don't understand will you die if you miss your ritual this is does his he, routine he does he have it, it every day no every, every thursday. thursday oh every thursday good because i was really worried about his cholesterol <laughs> i'm not He's he's old. I love when Grams yells at him later. We'll get there. I can't wait to talk about that. He deserved no. it. That was it. The same guy, ma'am. Yes, it's <laughs> a major plot point. It's the same guy. <laughs> Who else would it be? Oh my god! I don't know. I thought it was just like a helper. No. What? Oh my gosh. I don't know. Ay, ay, ay. So Joey goes to get the water. And of course, Drew with UE is just watching TV. And Joey says, he said there was a storm coming. Uh, and apparently Mr. Brooks lives alone on the edge of town with a three-legged dog named Boo. Well, now a joke, or was this like a Boo Radley joke, or was this real? 
Yeah, I thought it was a To Kill a Mockingbird reference, but I could be wrong. I don't no, know. See, I thought so too, but now I'm, I'm, I don't know. Oh my god, it doesn't matter. But anyway, <laughs> who was the English major? Both of I us. was, but I mean, but it doesn't matter because, like, are there three-legged dogs in To Kill a Mockingbird? No. Does that have anything to do this with this? This is it? like on the the edge of my brain. Like I should know this, but it's been it's a been while. a minute though since either one of us has read To Kill a Mockingbird. Yeah, uh, there's a book called English Majors. There's a book called A Dog Named Boo, and he has a heart of gold. But then there's a book <laughs> called Three Legs. Uh, I don't think I think he has all the legs. But then there's this <laughs> other book called The Adventures of Dixie, the Three Legged Dog. Well, that's is... not named Boo though. Who cares? Uh, it's a paperback. What the fuck? So it's paperback. Oh, it's, it's, it's shit if it's not hardcover. I want the audiobook. It's maybe it's not a reference to anything, and we're just isn't. reading, we're into reading it. too much into it. Yeah, yeah, maybe he really does have a dog named Boo who's three legged. And then don't you feel <sighs> bad because he cares for the the disabled dogs? Yeah. So anyway, so Joey goes over to Yui and asks if he's heard anything about a storm. And he says no. But of course, he gets another call from Gorgeous. Hey, Gorgeous. Yeah. Hey, Gorgeous. (laughs) And so he doesn't pay attention to the TV. Do you remember back in the day when you used to watch cable? It would be like. And then it would have that thing along the bottom. I'm so yeah. sorry if I startled anybody because that was and, really obnoxious. And then, like, and then the text would scroll across the screen. Yeah. And then, if you miss something, then you have to wait for it to reloop, and you yeah. would just be waiting and waiting. And most of the time, you missed it again. Yeah. So he wasn't paying attention. Um. So he doesn't see because Yui sucks. Well, um, I mean, he's trying to salvage no. his phone call with Gorgeous. He's not working on a school project. Lindy, um, I feel like I already know the answer. But when you had a school project back in the day, which person were you? Were you the person who did all the work? Were you the person who did none of the work? Or were you the person who, like, showed up and did their part, you know? Yes, I was the person who did all the work. And yeah, I knew it's it. so upsetting. I, I remember know. this project in 11th grade. And it was so stressful because mm-hmm. no one in the group would send me their work. And so I had to do it. And I came to class the next day and I was like, I finished your work for you. I was so oh, mad. No. And they were probably like, what the heck? We yeah. made Lindy mad. Like, oh, no, because that's like not how I usually am. Yeah. You feel I feel like you're very laid back until the flip switches. Yeah. And I totally get you because I was that girl, too. I was that bitch who did everybody's work because I was not going to not get an A. So exactly. I was like, all right, I guess I'm doing everything. Yeah. Ugh. Tough times. I'm not going to ask you, Sarah, because I have a feeling I know what she was <laughs> <laughs> She was like the middle one. She did a, a, an adequate amount of work, but she didn't go above and beyond. And she didn't that's really care about the people that's who pulled their weight. That's fine. If you just did it and it wasn't, you know, respectable. That's okay. I'll fix it. You know, you did it. You'll put the touch-ups on it. Exactly. Yeah. But if you did nothing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, I, well, but I am busy with gorgeous let's just be clear <laughs> oh god hey gorgeous uh so yeah so then andy arrives for her interview with mrs valentine and mrs valentine says oh your academic record looks great and okay this is all re- already i get i mean i already hated mrs valentine from her interaction with uh joey but when she says oh a nickname how charming bitch your son's name is drew 
Uh, is his fucking real name not Andrew with a U-E? What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> exactly. Thank you. I was thinking the same thing. She has no place to talk on this subject. You misspelled your son's name, ma'am. Get the fuck out of here. I was so upset. I was so upset. This one made me more upset than almost anything else besides the mental health stuff. But this was first on my list. It's so weird hearing Andy be called Andrea, too. It's like it when is. I hear him, like, who's Andrea? Yeah. And she immediately says, oh, Andy's fine. Oh, a nickname. How charming. Like, bitch, calm down. Like, a nickname makes you lesser than. Ugh. So she asks what she wants to study. And this is interesting because I don't think we've ever known exactly what Andy wanted to do in the future. And so she says everything, which totally fits with Andy's personality. <laughs> yeah. She's history, philosophy, English. Um, she wants a well-rounded liberal arts education. Which Jack I think of all trades. Yeah. And Andy of all trades. Yes. <laughs> uh, and she asks if you could have dinner with one person, who would it be? And she chooses Eleanor Roosevelt. And Mrs. Valentine, like, it's like, oh, most people say Jesus. It's like, okay, well, Andy's not most people. What the fuck are you trying to pull here? Also, do most people say that? Who said I've, that? I've actually never heard the answer for that question. Um, yeah, it's stupid. I would, I wouldn't say Jesus. I mean, I feel like a lot of people would say probably a dead relative, or you know, if you're gonna, if you get the alive or dead option, you're probably gonna mm -hmm. pick, you know. Or I guess someone more notable. But I feel like it makes more sense if it's someone more personal to you. Um, so, yeah. So then she talks about the play she directed. And then Mrs. Valentine says, I only see one red flag here. At the end of your sophomore year, you took a medical leave of absence. Which I don't feel like it's okay for her to ask this question at all. Like, I feel like no. there has to be some type of violation. I feel like that's the case as well. But mm -hmm. I suppose it's almost like when you're interviewing and people see a gap in your resume, you are allowed to ask about people's gaps in their resume. Yeah. Um, but still, so, it just feels weird. It, for it her felt to very add. wrong. It felt very, very yeah. wrong and inappropriate. And whatever the equivalent is to a HIPAA violation, that's what it felt like. Yeah. And so she says, Oh, nothing serious. I hope your illness. And Andy says, yeah, and he says, I was able to make up my finals and then my grades suffered. She said she was having some emotional problems. And I feel like at this point, okay, that's it. That's all you need to know, right, Lindy? Like you don't you don't need to continue. That should be the end of it, end of the whole conversation. And yeah, it's not the end of the conversation. She is such a villain. And yeah, first of all, shouldn't even be asking about the nature of this medical leave because yeah. why does it matter? And Correct. second of all, when Andy says what it is, she's like, emotional problems so this was like a mental illness <laughs> like yeah the way she says that is just dripping in judgment like she it, can't yeah. hold back and um and then she's like oh would you like some tea and andy you could see by the look on andy's face that immediately she feels like judged like mm -hmm. what is she supposed to what is she exactly supposed to say besides as you can see from my grades, they didn't suffer. I made everything up. I'm doing much better now. What else is she supposed to say to please this woman? Uh, nothing. No, I thought that Andy's responses were uh, perfect. And she was uh, more calm than she should have been. So she did everything right in this situation, I think. Andy I think it's amazing. I think it's very good to be forthcoming and honest yeah. about uh, the struggles that you've been through, especially in this sort of capacity. Yeah, I think 
she doesn't even need to explain herself, right? Let's start there. Like, first of all, she has no need to say any of this. And I think some people, I also think it's okay because as much as we want to applaud Andy for her approach here and she did amazingly, I also think if you're in this situation, it's completely fine to say like, I'm not comfortable talking about that. Like That is not something because I know maybe if it were me or somebody else, the minute that you start talking about what it was, I feel like it kind of brings you back there and you're more likely to maybe cry or show even more emotion, which of course that person would probably judge you even more for that, you know? And so I loved Andy's approach, but I also think it's not necessarily the answer for every person in this situation. Hopefully they don't end up in this situation, but if they did, I feel like saying, um, that's not something I'm comfortable talking about is like, should be completely acceptable as an answer. But poor Andy. Ugh. Yeah, and this wasn't even the maddening part. So oh, we're not even there yet. I know. <laughs> this was annoying, but wasn't even the worst. Yep. Uh, is it just mirrors the fact that this storyline, uh, this po- this book or this play that they're reading, with it being Valentine and Proteus, I feel like it's so confusing because I'm just like Miss Valentine. There's multiple, there's three Valentines now. The yeah, Valentines are expanding. Else. It would have been simple if we were doing like Romeo and Juliet, but whatever. Um, So they are talking. Dawson is done with subtext. It took four seasons. He's finally (laughs) done with subtext. And he goes, (laughs) you know what? Like, this is just all about Pacey, isn't it? Why don't we just uh, say what you got to say and let's get it out in the open. Yeah. So Dawson insists to Joey that they're not going to be friends anymore. Him and Pacey. End of story. Don't even uh, Everybody try. thinks you should make up, but it's not going to happen. Like, Lindy, if you're Joey here, do you take her approach and ask, like, well, why not? <laughs> of course. He's like, we're never going to be friends again. That's a really strong statement. You're saying 10 years from now, you won't have gotten over this. Like, you've been friends your whole life. Like, yeah. saying oh, never will I be friends with him again. That that warrants a follow-up question. Like, why not? Yeah. Yeah. And so he says, it was the greatest betrayal of my life. And we do have to give Dawson some credit here because he, do- I mean, he, he makes a logical point where he says, yeah. you apologized for it, Joey. You showed that you had remorse for what happened. Pacey doesn't care, which is fine. It, he just isn't going to race out and be friends with that type of guy again. And everybody should just accept that and move on. And I don't disagree with him, right? If he doesn't want to be friends with Pacey, he shouldn't be forced to be friends with Pacey, right? He shouldn't have to be friends with Pacey. And if I was Dawson and everybody in my life kept saying, you should be friends with Pacey. Why haven't you made up with Pacey? I would be annoyed too. So I don't really blame him in that department. Yeah, people are hounding him. He kind of needs his own time to deal with it. Um... And he, he, I do like the point that he's made that because we were talking about earlier, like Joey went up to Dawson and spoke to him about it. Pacey's been avoiding him. Uh, and it's, it's just immature from, mm-hmm. from everybody's stance, but they're, they're teenagers. What do you expect? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I just like, I think, I guess I was expecting to hate Dawson more right now, but I don't, I think he makes solid points so we'll see yeah. we're you know there's always so much room in my heart to hate dawson yeah um <laughs> he does things i hate so joey goes over to the bar and drew is just you just hanging out 
and she says, you're supposed to be watching the news. She like grabs the remote from him, changes the channel. And of course, stupid Mr. Brooks, he's so impatient. He comes up, he's like, um, I want my check right now. I'm leaving for home this instant. I want my check. And so Joey says, Yui, go, go get, go get him his check. Uh, and she just like, she yells at him. And then we hear the weatherman saying, we have not seen a storm like this in over 30 years. We'll have another weather update at the top of the hour. And Lindy, this is, it's getting serious out there. And I mean, I don't blame Joey for getting a little short with Mr. Brooks. Cause he seems like a jerk. He's so rude. Oh my gosh. Anyone who has worked at a restaurant, at a store knows that people just feel like they can demand things the second they want them and expect them and then get mad when you don't give them what they want right that second. It's like, Joey's busy. She's worried about the literal lives of her friends. But he's worried about his life. He just wants to go home to his dog. Just throw some cash on the table and leave then. You know, this is the 90s. Everybody had cash. He didn't have a credit card. He's there every week. They'll know if he owes anything. Just leave, dude. That's a good point. That's a good point. I would, yeah. And then I would blame the waitress, you know? Like, she didn't give me my check. I had to go home in a storm. I'll pay you next week, you know? Yeah, it would have been very easy for him to leave. Um, so meanwhile, we're on the boat, on the boat, true love and Pacey and Jen are not having a great time. Poor Jen is really struggling. Um, and so he says, okay, well, we need to get the storm report. Um, and so he goes to grab something and of course water sloshes in and like ruins this whole system, the whole radio and the navigation or whatever the heck. And he says, oh, don't worry. We'll just, we'll go around the worst of it. If I'm Jen. I'm not happy right now. Like, I understand Pacey just spent the last three months sailing, but you're not convincing me I'm not dying here. I don't know why we're out in the in the storm. If I was Jen, I'd be like, okay, you can handle this. I'm going to hide. There's nothing that I can possibly do to help the situation. So I'm just going to stay warm uh, and not get wet and splashed by waves. That might not be a team player version of me, but it's just what I would do. I need to, yeah, I feel like you need a second person, though, to, like, I don't know, man the jib. What could I, I do? <laughs> what could I do? I don't the, even, there is a jib of some sort. Go even, starboard. I don't starboard? even know. Starboard. Star, starboard? Port. You're, yeah. I don't even know what a jib is. That's you know the words. <laughs> the jib is the thingy that is horizontal and it, like, swings around. Oh, yeah. The thing that hits Jack in the head. Yes. That's the jib, I think. People are going to be so impressed with their boat knowledge. Now, a jib is a triangular sail that sets ahead of the foremost of the sailing vessel. So. I was so confident that I was Jess, right. Do you know more about boats or about football? Oh, probably football. Yeah. Okay. Because at least I know like downs and yards and stuff. Whereas like, I don't honestly, I do not know which one is port and which one is starboard or whatever. I could be totally wrong. I feel like is starboard left? Sarah, let me know. <laughs> Let's see. And I then what's the front and the back? Are they just front and the back? Bow and stern. Which Ooh. one's which? <laughs> I think bow is the front. Oh, I uh, see. Stern. Stern is the front. Bow is the back. <laughs> because you could just say bow, bees, bees. We'll remember this. Bees and back. Bees and back. Okay. Stern is in the front. Okay. What else? Yeah. Uh, oh, also, like you think bow is like your button to go bow, chickle, wow, wow. If you need like another um, trick, uh, mnemonic devices, you would 
remember it that way yeah well and a stern face is the front yeah see lindy is yes perfect this is a perfect mnemonic device we'll never forget this actually we won't ever and we're gonna remember this forever so what Um, is the starboard and the port what are those ones is port not we're sailing into port like oh we're entering sides of the ship. Okay, no, 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 no. Okay, no. Port is left, starboard is right. Oh, no. That's easy because you you read from left to right and it's alphabetical. P-S. There we go. Well, we heard it here first. You did. You're welcome for the lesson on boats. I feel more confident now if I were in this storm I would know if Pacey was shouting at me where to go. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, so yeah, so they're having a time of it. Um, and then we're back at the yacht club and Andy is still in her interview and she says her greatest strength is her tenacity. And I love Andy because this bitch, she says, mm-hmm. it's also my greatest weakness, bitch. you know, that's not true. <laughs> oh, like, you know, I'm, I care too much. That's my greatest weakness. This is, yeah, this is like a canned response. Yeah. Well, I guess like what she's saying is that like she always cares too much, and she, that it is true to a point of obsession. Yeah. So it's not it's not um totally a fib, it's it's only a jib. <laughs> it's not. Um, but this is like a classic interview technique, Lindy, That's where you true. say like, "Oh, my biggest weakness is actually, or no, my biggest strength is actually also my weakness." exactly i feel like that's what they teach you in high school you're supposed to say i know i did like a mock interview in like 11th grade and i feel like yeah they were like make sure that your weakness can actually be turned into a strength and so that is exactly what andy is doing here and honestly i mean we'll talk about the rest of the conversation but i think throughout the entire interview she was so amazing she handled Mm -hmm. every question with grace even though some of the questions were terrible and Mm -hmm. i feel like andy like a good like interview coach like career coach like i think so too people yeah. do this kind of thing she yes, would bear and i have talked about how like she definitely feels like someone who would give tours at college like she's very personable and like a leader and driven and she needs to be in that type of environment um and so then of course mrs valentine brings up oh but what about your illness isn't that a weakness and andy with the perfect answer again you don't under pressure i feel like it'd be really difficult to stay composed but andy says no i consider it a strength it taught me the importance of being able to ask for help when something's too tough to handle on your own we seem to keep coming back to this topic don't we and miss valentine says oh is that a problem she says no in fact most teenagers go through something like this it's nothing to be ashamed of i just prefer to concentrate on the present and the future that's just one part of my life it doesn't define me as a person which is just like, gosh, darn Andy. She's yeah. so good at this. Like, and I feel like under pressure, it would be totally fine if somebody didn't have like all the, the right answers here, right? But everything Andy is saying is so spot on that other kids probably go through something similar. And it she's so right. Like, and I think this is what's amazing about this show and amazing about Andy as a character on this show is that these stories are were not common in the 90s especially nowadays probably but less so in the 90s and when she says something like it's important to ask for help when something is too tough to handle on your own 
that is like a life that is a solid life lesson lindy like that is something that everybody needs to learn at any age andy yeah this whole episode everything she says amazing the way she stands up for herself the way she says it's nothing to be ashamed of like i knew i was struggling and i reached out for help like that's such a great message and the fact that part of that help is medication and Mm -hmm. she's not ashamed of any of this and i just love i just love andy Mm -hmm. yeah i thought that i thought that season two was the best of andy that we were gonna get but because season three, she went to like a very rocky start, but she really picked things up at the end where she became one of my favorites again. And so I was a little nervous going into season four to see what they were going to do to like my favorite character again. And I'm just so pleased. I'm so excited that we get this version of Andy in season four. Um, And so uh, Mrs. Valentine says, oh, I'm sure you consider yourself recovered. But with someone with your background, don't you think you should be in a less competitive environment? Maybe a state school. Oh, it's such trash. I mean, first of all, there's nothing wrong with a state school, ma'am. Second of all, like, you're an asshole. Like, she obviously can handle competition. Um, And she says, uh, I don't think you should disregard my accomplishments because I had a problem in the past. And Miss Valentine says, listen, you put me in a really difficult spot. Hmm. Like, I'm judging your ability to handle the pressure of one of the most difficult collegiate environments in the country. She says, my name is on the line. Bitch, I can't with Mrs. Valentine, Sarah. all about you. Yeah, I was really, really over her in this moment. I felt like that it was was really maddening. I was so freaking pissed off at her at this point. I'm pretty sure this is when you tweeted that she was like the worst bitch of all time. Yeah, I said that she's the, I think I said the biggest piece of trash. Yeah, yeah. Um, It's true. Yeah, so Andy comes back with, you know what? You're right. My background does have a bearing on my ability to handle pressure. I had a problem. I recognized that, saw treatment, and recovered. And the fact that I had the courage to face my problems and get help, I think only makes me better prepared to face the pressures of college mo- um, even more so than my peers. So, um, yeah, perfect, my perfect God. response once again. Miss Valentine dismisses her because she's a see you next Tuesday. Seriously, the worst. Like, and I, oh, I wish was... you all the best. No, you don't. Don't lie. You don't wish her all the best. <laughs> she is so annoying. Like, what school even is this? Like, who cares? It's probably I wish not even a good school. It's probably not even good. Right. It's a backup school. <laughs> Yeah, it's not Harvard because you know that's the numero uno for Andy. It's Harvard. If it were an Ivy League, Mrs. Valentine would have said that. So it's not. So she is yeah. getting so like high and mighty about some random college. It's one of the toughest in the country. Okay, sure. Sure, ma'am. Just because you couldn't get into an Ivy League doesn't mean Andy can't. Maybe it's like Alabama. <laughs> no, that's a state school. Oh, oh yeah, it's not a state I'm school. So it has foolish. To be a, it I'm so foolish. I'm so Come on, state yeah, schools. One. I mean, Ugh. I know, I know. How dare me? I'm so, yeah. I'm so dumb. I'll never make it into the college environment. <laughs> <laughs> so back in the yacht club, they're watching the weather, and they hear the weatherman say that there's going to be 20 to 30 foot seas and winds that'll exceed hurricane forces. And so everybody is freaking out. Mr. Brooks says, oh, my gosh, I'll never make it home. And so then Dawson comes up and he says, listen, what the heck is going on? Like, if you want to work later, find me later. And so Joey finally admits Pacey and Jen are on the boat. And he I like Dawson here because he says, oh, wow, that's why you've been so out of it. Why didn't you tell me sooner? Like, 
I appreciate that he wasn't, he didn't go to pissed. He immediately went to, how can I help? You know, what can we do? Mm -hmm. And part um, of that is because Jen was on the boat too. Don't you think if it was just Pacey, he would have been like, oh, well, Pacey decided to go out there. (laughs) I don't know. I think that, I don't think he would. And I think the reason is no matter what his feelings are on Pacey, I think because he's tied to Joey, I think that he probably would still show at least some kind of concern. No, I think deep down inside, he loves his friend. He cared about him enough to go to Joey when Mitch said that um, he was a failure. I think that he cares uh, a lot. And I think that no matter what, he would save his ex-best friend. um, Yeah. In any situation. He cared enough to be like, I know which island he's at. So, yeah. I I think that at the end of the day, he would do anything to help his friend. Yeah. So Jack arrives because he's there to pick up Andy. And he says, it's getting really ugly. And so everybody starts coming in. So we see Bruce and Mrs. Valentine. They're all talking about how all the boats are secure except for three. And so then Joey asks, what about true love? And they say, oh, we don't we don't know anything about that. And so Joey's like freaking out even more. And Joey's begging Bruce to go out and like check on true love because she knows they're stuck out in this storm. And then this window just breaks and then we go over to Pacey and Jen, who are just like the radios are are blown. Um, he thinks he got the bilge pump working, which I know gets water out of the boat. So I know that much. Um, and Jen is freaking out. Like she is not ready for this. And I like I'm Jen. Like I would be freaking out too, because I don't want to fucking die, you know, Andy. Like I, I feel like this is the life or death situation. This is so high stakes and it really comes out of nowhere. I have so many questions though. Uh, First of all, did you all notice the super dramatic, obviously fake boat footage in the middle of the ocean? (laughs) See, I was not good, folks. So bad. So that was hilarious. Also, okay, if this is stronger than a hurricane, you're telling me nobody knew about this? No one knew this was going to happen? It's wild that it comes out of nowhere. And it's funny that Graham's is the most informed with her fucking farmer, farmer's almanac that is what put out the year before. <laughs> Years before, right? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's ridiculous. Um, So Jen is freaking out. and uh, And so he's trying to comfort her. He's like, listen, it's fine. It's fine. Uh, and he starts talking in boat talk that no one understands. I'm going to reef the main, trim up the mainsail. Pacey, no one fucking knows what you mean, but like, sure. <laughs> at so, least they have the life preservers now. Yeah. At least they're, yeah. At least they're wearing them. That's yeah. True. Um, and so he says that uh, Pacey says, we'll go to this cove because I know where it is. We can ride out the storm. It'll give us protection. He says, I don't know what the name of it is, but I know where it is. And he says, it's the safest thing to do. This is not going to get any worse. If it gets worse, they'll send someone out here. And this is when we figure out what his plan is. Because he says, because Jen says, no one knows where we are. And he, she's like, who's going to find us in this cove? And Pacey says, Dawson. Dawson will know, Sarah. He'll yeah, know this, exactly where I am. This is uh, this actually really cracked me up. He was very, very dead set that Dawson was going to save them. Uh, so it's it's just so silly. He's like Dawson. Dawson will be our savior. All the drama, 
very enjoyable to watch. Uh, this is really where things get get moving. I I really liked it. Yeah, definitely one of the most dramatic episodes in terms of like life or death for sure. Um, so we're back at the Cape Side Yacht Club. And they're all talking to, okay, these boats are coming in. And Joey says, yeah, but you just, there's no true love. We need true love. Where is it? Where's um, true love? Sounds like Sarah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Where is true love? Uh, Dawson is convinced. He's like, I know where he is. We have to go to this kind uh, tiny cove on the map. And the guy's like, yeah, I'm not going to go send people out there in this uh, with a, for a hunch. That's yeah. not going to happen. And Joey's like, you have to listen to him. Dawson knows everything. Yeah. <laughs> They're there, Joe. Well, what can we do about it? Uh, and he says, we'll go get them. And uh, and Joey is just like, oh, Mrs. Valentine definitely has a spare set of keys. We're certainly going to steal a boat and go. <laughs> so ridiculous. Yeah. And then, uh, and then, of course, freaking Yui comes out. Like, with the keys. I know which boot that we can steal. Yeah. Slip 41, the artful Dodger, which is the old geezer's boat, Lindy. <laughs> OK, but like the worst line that Drew has this episode, he's like, uh, you got to be nice to Mrs. Valentine's little boy. I got this key for you. Oh, so gross. He's calling very, himself a little very boy. slimy. Yeah. Yeah. Him calling himself a little boy is like when other people say like daddy. It's like very similar vibes. It's like, oh, come to daddy. It's Ooh. like, ew. Yeah. And he's stirring up trouble by giving them the key to Mr. Brooks's boat. The one which... man who's in the restaurant. Exactly. <laughs> I guess. I don't know if Sarah knows that, but. No, yeah, I you know I got Sarah. confused because you know like all these like old white men look the same. So that I got, is a fair thing to say. I got they a little I got a little like confused. And it was a big storm. I, you know, it was. I windy. think I confused him with the guy that was like, ah, I can't. We can't go out here because we're just based on a hunch. I think like that's who I <laughs> confused. I thought it was like his boat, maybe. I think those guys were in different generations, honestly. I, you know what? I, I think you're right now that yeah. I'm, I'm I'm thinking about it. But I like I was all sorts of jumble. It was very emotional, Lindy. True love spread. Yeah. I mean, yeah. people's lives were on the line here, including the boats. So the boat's I get it. Life yeah. was lost. <sighs> so Jen and Pacey are still struggling. And Dawson and Joey are going towards Mr. Brooks's boat. And so Dawson is going to go out by himself. But Joey says, uh-uh, you're, I'm coming with you. My boyfriend's out there. Whatever your reason for doing this. And he's, is my reason. She's my you reason. So first of all, first of all, can we just for like two seconds talk about the fact, and I know he was driving a boat, right? He had a motorboat or something. But this bitch, we just saw that he didn't know shit about sailing in like a few episodes ago. And now all of a sudden he's like, mm, excuse me, Joey, I'm going out by myself because I'm a man to man. But the Artful Dodger isn't a sailboat like true love is. It's kind of like a tugboat. Yeah, it's, it's more similar to, I guess it's a little you bit just, similar you to drive um, it to what's Mitch's old boat that Dawson crashed when he was getting yeah. BJ. Yeah. So like you drive the Artful Dodger. You don't sail the Artful Dodger. But still, he's so pompous about it, Lindy. He's just like, no, it's just me. I'm sorry. Are you surprised that Dawson is pompous about something? <laughs> like, that is like such a martyr complex. Yeah, he does. Like... And it's brilliant. It's so funny and dramatic. <laughs> and I love yeah. it. 
Yeah, and she's look, I can't worry about the both of you. And the minute that she says, I can't worry about the both of you, he's like, okay, fine. Obviously, you can come now that you, like, mm-hmm. said that you love me. He's like, you pretty much said you love me, right? Okay, um, but this is a terrible idea. Now yeah. she doesn't have to just worry about Pacey and Jen and Dawson. She's also got to worry about herself. Like, yeah. why are you Yeah, want the adults to go out? Why are all the teenagers storm? going out? Because they t- the adults don't listen. Yeah, they don't listen. They don't understand. Yeah, they don't want to go to the cove. That's just a hunch. <laughs> it's so stupid. Oh uh, yeah. So then back at the yacht club, Mrs. Valentine is losing her mind. She doesn't know what she the heck to is do. Spiraling. Yeah. She doesn't like, know. Oh anything. my god! There's glass on the floor. And there's a mess everywhere. Oh my god! The window and, broke. Yeah. And of course, Mr. Brooks finds out that they stole his boat, and Andy's like, "No, they just borrowed it." And so Andy starts barking out orders left and right. She says, Jack, I'm going to go to the marina office. You board up the windows. If you can't find boards, put the tables up against them. And Mrs. Valentine, really, really, Lindy, she says, you can't just move the tables. Bish, no one is here to eat right now. Okay? (laughs) It's an emergency. Like, she needs to chill. I mean, we've already determined that she's terrible. And so it is unsurprising that she's like, oh, my tables. Like, get a grip. Come on. Yeah, I just love how Andy just takes the lead. Uh, lead. Yeah. She takes the matters into her own hands. She says, Mrs. Valentine, can you write these phone numbers down? Call the parents. I I really love Andy in this moment. She proves to everybody that she is the leader. She can handle pressure. Um, it's really incredible to see. And she, she rips yeah. uh, Drew a new one. Oh, it was so great. You want me to sweep? What do I look like to you? You know, you look like a boy with nothing productive to do. Go find a broom. Yeah. So good. And I love how she's like, okay, Mrs. Valentine, you have to, you have to call, um, you have to call Dawson Leary's parents and Jen Lindsay's grandmother, call them, reassure them. What about anybody for Pacey? And Joey, what about Bessie? Who is calling (laughs) Joey and Pacey? Family. No, <laughs> nobody gives a fuck they don't about care. them. Nobody cares about them. They don't we even let them so live. What about Baby houses? Alexander? Who would watch Baby Alexander? Yeah. They're too busy with Baby Alexander. It's so funny to me that it's like Pacey. Don't give a fuck. Nope. It's he could die. No one would ever know because no one cares. And then poor Joey. Yeah, she doesn't. No one calls for her either. It's just like. How are these people like if I'm Bessie and I hear there's a storm going, I go to pick Joey up at work or something, you know, like I don't just leave her out there. But, you know, oh, Bessie doesn't care. Oh, Bessie really doesn't care. She's like, wow, those few months without Joey were actually really nice. Yeah, (laughs) very peaceful. Mm -hmm. It makes me glad that Joey and Pacey have each other because no one cares about them in this life threatening situation besides each other. I mean, it's It's true. true. Sadly, it's true. Yeah. Uh, so back in true love, um, they're trying to stay calm. They're hanging out underneath, like in the interior of the boat. Um, and uh, and so they start talking, and uh, Jen says he doesn't know. He's just guessing. He's been guessing about everything. Sooner or later, he has to be right. Um, and he says, you got any better ideas? And she says, we should be confessing, you know, cause if we're going to die, you know, we just need to confess things. We're confessing our sins. Yes. And so Jen says, okay, what about regrets? Uh, and Pacey says he doesn't have regrets. That's not how he operates. This is mm. trash. I hate when people say this. Yeah. But I mean, he, that's the front that he puts on and then he 
realizes that he's kind of bullshitting her and definitely bullshitting himself. And he admits that he regrets the state of his and Dawson's friendship. Yeah. I thought that was nice. Yeah, it took him long enough. But he does it. Um, And Jen. Okay, Lindy, please tell me if your bullshit meter went off at all. Jen says, I have a regret. I regret that I've never been in love. She says, oh, Henry could have been, couldn't have been love. I was like, what are you you talking about? Jen, you (laughs) literally went on this road trip with your grandmother and Jack and Andy to profess your love to Henry in front of his entire football team so embarrassingly. And you're telling me now that that wasn't love. That was love. This I is some nonsense. I just realized uh, Jen and Henry never even had sex after all of that. Ma'am, no <laughs> one had sex last season. Like, I can't believe it. That's probably why Henry broke up with her. Oh my god. He probably he found something. Aw- he went away for the summer. When were they supposed to have sex? I know, but like, he probably went to boarding That's school true. and found somebody that was going to do it with him. He's like, that's why they broke up. I finally figured it out. Oh my gosh. That actually so, does make sense. The whole prom night fiasco with Jen and Henry was just hard to watch. So yeah, you know what? Mind boggling. Really yeah. Yeah. Uh, and so um, she said, I don't want to drown before I know what love is. Uh, and so then they're like, oh, you know, um, are you okay? Are you okay? And so Jen says, you have to say something to Dawson. And PC says, what difference would it make? It doesn't change anything. Well, maybe it would just feel good to say. And meanwhile, Andy and Mr. Brooks are talking to Joey and Dawson, and I love them trying to get the coordinates. And he's like, that's in Montana. <laughs> You're not giving us the right coordinates. Fucking leave it to Dawson to get the wrong coordinates. <sighs> oh, so stupid. They are not me. good sailors. They don't have good sea legs. It's wild to me that they're on, like, the Cape, and they all suck at this. Yeah. You live on the Cape. How do you not know how to do better than this? I'm not really blaming PC because he's on a sailboat. Well, thank goodness for iPhones because now you don't even have to think about that. I open up is, my iPhone. What if you don't have service in a hurricane? I don't oh, know. If that's I mean, that's you. a that's a good point. I just want to know. Uh, <laughs> that's actually a very good point. There's just like thank God for iPhones. <laughs> what if my phone dies or gets wet? I mean, no you could have checked the weather and gotten a weather alert about the hurricane earlier. Yeah. So maybe yeah. it would have helped. That's true. Uh, That's a good least, point. I mean, everyone's, there's a compass. You get to you can figure out where you are. That's Ooh, another gosh. thing. How did Pacey steer that boat anywhere in the middle of the storm near the coast? How did you sense. get there? Yeah, it doesn't make sense. Um, so Andy's freaking out because they can't. Um, she can't get a hold of Dawson and Joey. And uh, Joey's like, I can't see anything. And he's like, we're almost there. And then they just magically are like already there. I'm like, this boat ride was literally three seconds. They're like, oh, there they are. Let me pull alongside. It's like, it we're going to hit them very, very quickly. Yeah, they really did. It's- and so then their boat gets hit. And <laughs> it has to be Dawson. <laughs> so, <laughs> so Jen gets on the boat. And Pacey refuses to leave fucking true love like dude you're gonna fucking no, die you i would go down with the ship i will oh not leave true love ever i don't fucking care i spent he spent so long working on this boat and they were like oh you gotta leave the boat no i will i will not leave my boat i don't want to 
I was but wondering, I do love... like, was his plan to try to sail it back alongside <laughs> the other boat? We were gonna tie them together, I thought. Yeah. I thought that's what they were gonna do. What they were Why going can't to do. you tie a rope to one end and tug the sailboat along with you? Dawson, you know what it is? Dawson's like, I he's like they may have had sex on this boat i need to destroy the evidence no joey told him that they didn't yeah maybe he just used it as a symbol of their love and he's it's like so i want it to be destroyed in the storm true love so yeah, yeah. And, and then okay. it got it got smashed by a wave and at first i was like oh no it's gonna actually capsize and go down no they, they it was just floating along Floating and Dawson, like, uh, Dawson, get off my boat! I'm not letting you do this. Get off my boat! <laughs> this is so dramatic. I loved it. I, and uh, there's slow mo in here. The slow yeah, there's a lot of slow mo. There's a yeah. lot of slow mo. It felt like a fucking movie in 40 minutes. Like this was a whole ass movie. In it, 40 okay, minutes. this was my biggest question. How much budget does Dawson's Creek have now? Do you want me to look this up? I can try. It feels as though the budget went like out of control high. Um, I I still I don't know why they couldn't just tie up True Love and just drag it back. Dawson didn't want to. I guarantee that's what it was. I can't. I don't know. I don't know how to find that information. So where is True Love now? In the middle of the ocean. No. I'm so sorry, Sarah. But I will say, I like this. I mean, obviously, this is so dramatic, so yeah. it captivates you. And I really like this scene because uh, Dawson and Pacey are on True Love, and they're fighting about, you know, going back to the other boat. They yes. jump off of True Love, and it's really reminiscent of that scene where uh, Pacey and Joey jump off of True Love, except that was in, like, the beautiful sunset, oh, and this yeah. is in the stormy waters, and it's just a representation of their relationship. Oh, wow. That's beautiful. We love it. That's so perfect. So, yeah, then the uh, Dawson's people care more about you than they care about this damn boat. And Joey says, Pacey! And so then they jump over together. And the boat disappears and they sail all away. The boat disappeared. The boat it was didn't. right there. I did there. watch. I watched this again because I, I thought it capsized. But you're right. Like, it didn't disappear. Just there. Yeah. And so they get back. Um, and there's a bunch of people there. So Grams is there. Mitch and Gail are there. They're not sick anymore. Um, and. <laughs> and uh, no, it's pre-COVID. They're full on going out into the universe being sick. <laughs> And so Gail's like, oh, my gosh, what you did was so foolish, so reckless. We've never been more proud of you. It's like, missed messages. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and Rams is, like, freaking out. And Mr. Brooks, Mr. Brooks comes over and is just like, you'll forgive me for not expressing joy and relief at the sight of the gash on my boat's hull. This is crazy. So, yeah. And he's just like, and what are you going to do about it? And Jocelyn's like, well, I have some money I was going to save for college. And Grants rips this guy a new asshole. And it was so great. She's like, uh, that boat is a thing, a replaceable thing. This young man risked his life to save my granddaughter. And the fact that you can't appreciate his courage explains to me why you've lived all alone all these years in that godforsaken house. And if I find out you let him dip into his college fund, I will personally kick your shriveled old butt. Do you know this? I I just can't. I'm just I just can't. What do you mean you didn't love it? No, I liked it. It's just that we could have gone back and found true love. 
ma'am, you know. Okay, skip over you, Lindy. Did you love this line from Grams? Yeah, that's a different situation. Yes, Sarah's sorry. ruining the moment. Okay, I'm sorry. I was. Um, I, I'm sorry. I say I love Grams here. Yeah, it's Grams amazing. Is like, oh, just go, Grams. Loved yeah. it. Yeah, Mr. Brooks sucks. Grams is queen. Um, so Andy and Jack are getting ready to leave. And of course, Mrs. Valentine isn't done yet. She says, I was very impressed with the way you handled yourself. And Jack says, yeah, she did more than handle herself. She handled the whole club. Uh, Jack's like, she did your job. Yeah. Mrs. Yeah. I love how much of a hype person Jack is in this scene. He really is the best at that. Um, and Mrs. Valentine says, well, the university would be very interested in hearing my impressions of you. And Andy says, I'm also pretty sure the any university will be interested in hearing what a bitch they have represented. Hey! <laughs> hey. I couldn't believe this. I was like, whoa, WB what? Ma'am. I loved it, though. She deserved it. She did deserve it. Uh, and, um... And Andy says, I'm sorry, but understand the position you've put me in. And Mrs. Valentine says, you wouldn't dare. And she's like, you know what? I wouldn't. I'm nothing like you. I don't derive any pleasure in wielding whatever little power I have over others. So give me the recommendation you see fit because anyone at that university knows you half as well as I've gotten to know you. It's not going to count for much. Yeah. And uh, this was yeah, great. It was such, so wonderful. Such sass. Uh, it was great to see Andy just like stick it to her i loved this moment mm-hmm. um as much as all the boat stuff was really high drama the andy stuff was even more enjoyable drama because she like she shoved it in her stupid face yeah she was great she was the best um then we get joey and pacey out on the docks because all serious conversations happen on the docks and PC's the best memories of my life around that sailboat. It represents everything that's good to me in this world. He's having a hard time letting it go. And mm. Joey's pissed. She's like, no, I've never been so scared in my whole life. And PC apologizes. Um, and Joey says, just in the future, when you're dealing with life and death matters, remember you're thinking for two. I don't know. Lindy, I thought this was like slightly a bit much. I'm like, ma'am, you're not even like married. Like, it's a bit much. This is the kind of thing that you would expect her to say, just remember, you're thinking for three. We have a child now. That, like, yeah, that's what it felt yes. like. yeah. That's what it sounds like, except that's not what she said. She's just like, for two, the two of us. <laughs> like, okay. Yeah. It she was just, yeah. It was a little like, awkward. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Um, and uh and so yeah, so he says, Okay, I can do that. Uh and Joey says, Oh, you knew Dawson was gonna come for you, didn't you? Um, and she's like, you know him just as well as he knows you. It's the nature of best friends. She says, whether or not you guys hang out, he's still a part of you. How can you really be whole if you continue pre- to pretend like he doesn't exist? Um, and so they have like a cute, I like the way they walk back too. Cause they like, he has like his arm around her, but then they also like hold hands in the front. I don't know. It's very like sweet. Like, you know, I don't know. It's cute. And he does the forehead kiss. I love that. Yeah. I do I like a forehead I, Yeah. I like a forehead kiss. Yeah. Um, I will say, I mm-hmm. was thinking during this scene, I was like, okay, first of all, when they got back on the boat, it wasn't even raining anymore. So, <laughs> yeah, like, the storm is immediately over. Just so storm- go back and find the boat. Yeah, go back and find the boat. And, like, would Jen and Pacey have been fine a few minutes later? Like, it just ended. Well, maybe they got <laughs> in off the shore and that was the ticket, you know? 
Yeah, but maybe it's just in the ocean. It's worse. Still in the ocean. I don't know. The windows were breaking at the club. Yeah, so I feel like true. the storm was just over immediately. Yeah. So, oh, yikes. And then second of all, okay, um, everyone in this episode was either soaking wet or damp the entire time. Mm-hmm. How annoying must that have been to film? Like, this whole episode. I mean, gotta yeah. be Dawson's going to be damp this whole season, so he's just going to have to get used to it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I came on I came on this podcast <laughs> with exactly one hot take prepared. <gasps> mm. and oh, no. That is that. I'm embarrassed to admit this, okay. but I have to tell the truth. Mm-hmm. I like Dawson's season four hair. Wow. Oh, no. It's so damp. It's so soggy. I see what you're saying, but I just, it felt like summery to me. He's older, more mature. It's longer. (laughs) You know, (laughs) he's been through some shit. (laughs) Yes, he's getting a little more of a bad boy vibe. Like, I don't shower every day. I'm out on the, I'm out on the ocean. I don't know. <laughs> Lindy, wait, I need, because you need to break the tie because I like Pacey's buzzed haircut and Sarah hates it. Where do you fall on the Pacey buzz? I will always love Pacey, so I got to give it a thumbs up. Okay, there you go. There you go, Sarah. It's tie is broken. Sorry to say it. Not really that sorry, though. Um, so Mitch and Dawson are watching Pacey and Joey leave and um, Mitch says, doesn't seem fair, does it? He says, you save the day, you still don't get the girl. It's like, why are you rubbing it in, Mitch? <laughs> What's wrong with you? Also, also, is Joey supposed to be like, thanks for saving my boyfriend's life, Dawson. Now I'm gonna break up with him and yeah. date you. Like that doesn't Yeah, make I think that's what I think that's what he thinks is gonna happen. Yeah, it's absolutely ridiculous. And he says, you had this moment, no matter where your life takes you, you can look back and know you did a great thing. That's something all the girls and all the things she's in the world can't replace. Then we get Jen and Grams. Um, and uh, and Jen's just like, way to go. Uh, when we get home, I got to make <laughs> some music you're going to love. Way to go. And Grams is all frazzled. She thought that she wasn't going to see her again. Like, this is a really, I mean, we've said it before, but anytime we get a genuine Grams and Jen moment, I don't know. It's really touching, I think, more so than a lot of the other, like, adult-child relationships. I agree. And I just I just loved this, especially because Jen gives her the credit of saying, you would handle this much better than my mother ever would have. And it was, like, very sweet. Yeah, I think that this was a very sweet moment between them. Grams was really scared. She really thought that she was going to lose her granddaughter in this moment. Mm-hmm. Um, so I feel for Grams. I'm glad that they've gone to the other end of this hill between them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Lindy, I love especially the moment where – because Grams talks a lot about faith, obviously. She says, I've never lost myself like this before. All my talk of faith and when I needed it most, I had none. Which it's like very big of Grams to say that. Yeah. Uh, Grams being so upset made me really emotional. Like you really felt like she was so scared about Jen and cares about her so much they have this really sweet bond and yeah it was a really vulnerable thing to say like my faith is really important and yet when I was in this terrible situation that went out the window yeah but I love Jen's response like you gave it to me I thought that was very sweet of her to say because 
knowing the relationship they've had so far and the fact that Grams has really always pushed for Jen like to be religious and to join her in church and all of that, I think it's really nice of Jen to say, you lent your faith to me. I needed it. I still had hope. Uh, I had to get that from somebody. So it must, it must have been you. And I just, and I, but then we get like the joke of like, oh, are you going to come with me to church? And she's like, nah, but it's, it's very sweet. And I love this moment between them. And I just think like, this is what I'm talking about with this episode is we get so many small, great character couples like this. We get Jen and Grams, we get Jack and Andy, you know, we have these small moments that really, because we're so invested in these characters now over these last three seasons that they just like, they're building on that. And I think they do a great job in this episode with it. Um, so Jen goes inside to get Graham's keys because she was so frazzled. And there's Yui, and it turns out they know each other. Well, yeah, this was freaking crazy. What the heck? Yep. yep. What does this mean? Where do they know each other? Obviously, they know each other from New York, but like what were they doing? Were they partners in crime? Did yep. they F shit up together in New York? Did they hook up? Like, I have so many questions. Yeah. I love that that's dropped in at the end of this episode. Like you're not expecting anything to really be happening except like resolving the drama from this episode. But yeah. this is promising future drama. And I really mm -hmm. love this. So good. It's so good. Yeah, it's amazing. Um, So that we're left hanging. Like we don't know what's going to happen. Um, and then we see the next day Dawson's cleaning up the yard and Pacey comes by and you're like, yes, finally, like they're going to have a chat over something. And I think this is brilliant because a different yeah. show would have had them squash it, resolve it in this scene. Yep. But that's not how, that's not realistically how things go. And so Pacey says, um, Dawson says, Pacey, you don't owe me anything. And Pacey says, please, you and I know like what you did yesterday, um, and Dawson says was exactly what you would have done. And he's maybe, maybe not. Um, he says, I just want to come by and say, thank you. And he said, that's not it. I also, he said, I look, uh, I know things between you and I are pretty much beyond repair right now. And I wouldn't presume to be able to solve everything of the conversation because that's not the way it works, but I've been wanting to tell you that I'm sorry. I'm really sorry for everything that went down this spring for my part in it and for the pain that it must've caused you. I'm really sorry. I ruined our friendship because I miss it badly. And however far off it may be, I do look forward to the day when you and I might be friends again. So until then I, and then Dawson says until then. And so yeah. Dawson doesn't shut the door. You know, I feel like they both kind of leave the door ajar a little bit. I felt like this was both very realistic and mature. And I like how the show handled this. And I like how the characters did as well. Mm -hmm. I totally agree. I like that this whole situation did shift something in their relationship. But like Jess said, it didn't just totally solve it. Like, oh, you almost died. It's like, we're friends again. It's not It's not fine, but it seems like there's a possibility there. Yeah. Right. And yeah. I think that that is what we need. We just need a possibility for things in time to come together and resolve in a way. Yeah. Yeah. I And I thought this was actually a wonderful way to end this episode as well, because they it makes sense that after like a life and death thing that they would feel the need that at least especially Pacey would mm -hmm. feel the need to like work towards a resolution. Yeah. Um, so I really I mean, this episode was so good. I like, it love had all the drama. this episode. It was so good. I can see why you picked it, Lindy. It was an excellent episode to pick. It was it was great. And I, I loved watching it. 
And, you know, my remaining question after the end is like, do you think Joey Dawson and Drew ever finished their project? Nope. <laughs> no, they probably were able to get off with it, though, because of the giant storm. At least yeah. I would hope so. I would hope so. Can I just say, like, one more thing about true love and then yeah. I, I'll make let it go. So I found this person that went down to Williamington, North Carolina, because, uh, you know, they do the tours there, uh, which we'll have to go to one day, Jess. And she mm -hmm. said that um, she saw this person went to Screen Gems Studio in 2016 and saw Pacey's boat, True Love, there. And um, even though it had been six, um, eight years since the show ended at that time, um, it was sitting in this back lot, and the uh, tour guide said that the boat had been auctioned off but was never picked up. <gasps> we need to go buy the boat. Uh, yeah well i mean this was this was a while ago so who knows if the boat got picked up or what happened but yeah true love was sitting in a back lot of screen gem studio just waiting for somebody to love it amazing um, yeah i hope some i hope i i wonder where true love is now who knows hopefully somebody picked it up that was probably the last known sighting of true love <laughs> it's out on a creek where it loves to be you know yeah yeah having an adventure Yep. Nope. All right. Well, let's go to a quick ad break and then let's come back because we still have a bunch of feedback we have to get through. So we will be right back. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member? For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Okay. We have so much feedback to get through. So let's start off. We have to get to a voicemail from Temi. Let me play it. Temi. Hi, ladies. Remember the season three episode, Northern Lights? It was the day of the big play. Pacey had um, gone away. Andy was in a panic because she was trying to find Pacey. And Dawson came to the ticket booth. And he went and found Pacey <gasps> on the basketball court. Yes. And then when he arrived, he told Pacey, I know where to find you because I have the misfortune of knowing how your brain works. Yes. So he should have ended the sentence with voila. And voila just means there it is. You don't have to say it with exclamation or a flourish. You can just say it like that. But the point is, um, Dawson, again, knows where to find Pacey when it matters most. Um, so when you go to the episode, there's a really funny line that uh, my mom really liked when she watched. Uh, it goes where uh, she's telling Mr. Brooks not to mess with 
uh, Dawson after the fact, uh, not to make him pay for the boat's repairs. I'll kick your shriveled old butt. <laughs> and you say, voila. But then the director would come in and tell Mary Beth, why are you trying to make voila happen? This isn't a French show. <laughs> so, yeah, you can get it, even though Mean Girls happened maybe four or five years later. But uh, it's good to stop uh, trying to make voila happen. Thanks for listening. Bye. Temi did warn us many an episode ago to remember the fact that he Dawson did. always knows where to find Pacey. And that kind of makes me feel as though maybe Dawson's not as shitty of a friend as we've always said. He just, it's not always at the forefront of his mind. You know, it's locked deep, deep down after, underneath all of his selfishness deep, and deep, deep, wanting deep to talk down. about himself. <laughs> deep, deep, deep down. Really deep. Yeah. Voila. uh we also have an email from linda uh linda says though are are they trying to make drew uh the new abby he seems to have her shit stirrer tendencies nobody can replace our og queen abigail morgan never but i am enjoying drew's presence thus far lindy are you enjoying drew's presence thus far absolutely not i hate him (laughs) Get out of here. He's a trash bag. He's a trash bag. I think I'm more on Lindy's because like Abby was like a fun pest. Drew just feels like a pesty pest, like a cockroach. Yeah, there's no fun in him just being a jerk all the time. Like, I don't want that. I want the, you know, Dawson, dramatic, emotional, like, heartbroken kind of character. Not this, like, I'm evil because it's fun. Like, But that was Abby, though. Lindy, did you not like Abby Morgan, my queen? I like Abby, but like Drew, it's different. He's just yeah. A I feel like it's different too. Um. So then she says, "Rant incoming." Excuse me. Did Pacey just say that he got his first A? I literally can't right now. This is what I was talking about last week. They're completely ignoring Pandy and trying to redo their storyline with Joey and Pacey. And so she points out a specific example. Um. In the beginning of season two, Pacey meets with Mr. Milo, who and he's in danger of failing his classes. Andy helps Pacey, and he gets his first A, which was a pretty big deal because it caused Pacey to pull away from Andy after they had sex. Yeah, I do remember and, that. That yeah. happened. And so she has a whole rant about it and linda i gotta say you're right it's true they are redoing this and she's already had he's already had his first day um she also says this episode gives me the same hopeful feeling andy gave me in season two the way andy handled miss bitchentine not only telling her but showing her how mental illness isn't a weakness is so empowering uh, and she mentions two of the quotes that we mentioned about how it's like it's something to be ashamed of um, one thing in her life doesn't define her as a person. She says, these are important reminders that having a mental illness does not make us weak. It makes us stronger. We're not alone. We have no reason to feel ashamed, not to dwell on setbacks or things that happened while we were in crisis. And our mental illnesses are a part of us. They are not all that we are. I have to say this is probably one of my favorite episodes since season two. So far, I'm liking season four much better than season three. So that is from Linda. Yeah, well said, Linda. Um mm-hmm. Linda is always such a great mental health advocate, and I always mm-hmm. appreciate your insight on everything that it has to do with that, as well as like all of your fun and amazing commentary on the shows as yeah. well. I am loving season four so far. Obviously, the first three episodes of season four is better than the first three episodes of season three. So 
Um, we yeah, can... I mean, that was a very low bar to cross. <laughs> I, I, I am rocking the glass half full mm-hmm. lifestyle right now. Yeah. I appreciate that Linda is our like uh, Andy expert or Andy and Pandy expert. Cause she always brings in all the receipts from the past, which I always appreciate. Um, but yeah, I totally agree. I love Danny this episode. Um, we heard from Andrea. She says, I don't know if I was just having a moment or if the writers have really just hit that sweet spot with their stories and character development and the actor's delivery is just flawless. But I cried like four times. Watching uh, this I am sure if Jessica and I didn't watch this together, um, I probably would have cried. But I have to I have to at least act a little cool with Jessica. <laughs> Jessica has given me an allotment of only being able to cry to her like twice a year. No, and I, that is not something that and I've said. already expended one of those times <laughs> so far this year. So I got one more time and I got to like really keep it, keep it for a good time. Oh, no. Yeah. No one has said this. Nothing was written out. Nothing was said that she was only allowed to cry two times. She she made this a up year herself. to you. What? It is true. It's not true. Um, She says, it felt so good to be engrossed in an episode like that again. Uh, she says, wouldn't it be funny if Gorgeous was Drew's grandma and Joey <gasps> told her yes? <laughs> Wait. <laughs> oh my gosh that's funny what if it was he's the kind of guy who would say that Mm -hmm. hey gorgeous yeah he would yeah oh glammy oh no oh no ew um she also really loved the andy storyline she says this episode demonstrated all the best parts of andy so perfectly she deserved that moment to stand up for herself after her character struggles were at times used as a punchline in the last season um, and she also loved the Dawson Pacey scene at the end. She was so proud of them both for how they handled it. And it made her so hopeful that their friendship might be able to be rebuilt. Uh, and Yay. Then, yeah. One more. Thank you, Andrea. That, I, I love her idea of having Drew Scrabble be gorgeous. <laughs> so good. Uh, and of course, we heard from Kimmy who says, hey, gorgeous. Actual hey, gorgeous. LOL. Oh, my gosh. No. Uh, uh, she says she's been at MIA because she's been trying to coin a new nickname for Dawson's hair this season. <laughs> uh, he, she says he grew out the cascading bangs and made it into a waterfall. True. He looks kind of like Carol Brady at this <laughs> episode. <laughs> okay. Says- it's getting so bad, though. It's getting Look. so bad, Lindy. Look, I don't understand the hate. Go back and watch the last scene of this episode with him and Pacey, and you tell me that his hair does not look good. All okay. Right. All okay. right. I'm gonna good. crawl to the Netflix. There yeah. you you look while play. I continue on Kimmy's rant. Uh, she says, "I swear they did this sperm episode to explain why his hair is wet the whole season. The devil <laughs> works hard, but Dawson's barber works harder." <laughs> oh no. <laughs> well, I think he's not going to a barber. Oh, I mean, God. he's growing it out. Uh, she says Dawson honestly shouldn't be allowed to sail boats anymore because he's incapable of not crashing <laughs> okay the last this the, one okay. it's unfair because like yeah the last he does look decent in the last season mm-hmm. but okay. in the rest of the episode nah it's not a good look I had this thought as soon as you know I watched episode one and then I listened you know to your first and second episode recaps and I was like oh no oh no <laughs> this is bad I thought it looked yeah. good 
No, it's bad. I mean, to be fair, Dawson usually has crap hair, but like, I feel like season, I feel like Cascading Bangs is honestly probably the best hair Dawson has had, but they've all been pretty bad. Um, uh, Kimmy goes on to say, I think the only thing worse than Jen dating Henry is Jen in a downward spiral because of Henry. The fuck? Who gives a shit? I don't know who's more annoying this episode, Pacey or Jen, but Jen might up the scales with her Henry heartbreak. <laughs> uh dawson's back at reading uh back at it reading joey's body language again she's clearly freaked out and he's like bye bitch you can't focus even when he is the hero i honestly can't stand him <laughs> oh and she pointed out too is it any wonder why pacey and joey love each other no one even thinks to call their families all they have is each other and they're so stinking cute in this episode exactly oh my gosh uh, she did say, uh, I didn't expect it chills as much as I did. Joey's screaming. She can't worry about them both. And PC and Dawson's moment at the end had me screaming for Katie Holmes Emmy. Uh, and she does have questions. Grams or Andy for MVP? It's a close one for me, but Andy runner up because she actually didn't help Dawson and Joey, but uh, and Joey, but was the baller nonetheless. I think I would give Andy my MVP of the episode. It's I agree. I'm I'm pro Andy in this yeah. episode. If we had more Graham's content, maybe, but I don't think like her calling that guy like an old wrinkly butt was enough because Andy did so much more. Yeah. Uh, oh, and she says, who would you guys have dinner with, living or dead? I would guess it's not also Eleanor Roosevelt. <laughs> <laughs> you are right. My answer would not be Eleanor Roosevelt. It's a hard question, though. Living or dead? I mean, um, if we could limit it to people we like don't personally know. Yeah, I you can. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Because it's like, yeah, if it was someone you know, I think you would choose them. But if it's like a famous yeah. figure, I don't actually have an answer. <laughs> I just. Oh. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. I thought you were going to yeah, I would really choose so. Uh, I'm sorry. I thought I would have one by the end of the sentence, but it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> I think that uh, if I could meet someone who is living, I think I would have dinner with Beyonce because she's so mysterious and so smart. She's such a good businesswoman and i just want to pick her brain about like <gasps> everything and yeah. then uh i mean i if i'm going to be perfectly honest today is the 14 year anniversary of my dad passing so i think it would be uh, uh very fitting for me to say that uh i wish that i can have one dinner with my father what uh, would you eat do you know what you would eat together uh I don't know. I remember we always used to, uh, there used to be this thing like whenever we, he would, they would bring me to like Outback Steakhouse whenever they would have news to tell me. So, <laughs> I, I your news place? Yeah. Like yeah. Strangely enough, they told me that we were going to Hawaii at Outback Steakhouse. That was a good memory. I thought you were going to say like really bad things happened at Outback Steakhouse. So every time you pull in the parking lot, you're like, oh no. Oh, no, not it's this Outback. again. No, it was typically good things. Oh, so that's good. I think that's we, a happy memory. I don't know. Go to Outback. I don't. I don't yeah. know. Um, I just thought of someone that like someone who I feel like I could learn from is like Michelle Obama, just because I feel mm -hmm. like she is so fucking smart and so successful, and I don't know. I just feel like she's someone I would just want to like pick her brain for a little bit. That's an amazing answer. And now that you've both answered i feel like i should pick someone and i had an idea okay and i have thought of i 
I wasn't thinking of this person before in the context of like one person living or dead, mm -hmm. but I have always thought like it'd be so cool to meet her. I would want to have dinner with Rachel Bloom. She okay. is Ooh. the star of Crazy Ex-Girlfriend and also mm -hmm. like creator of it. She's amazingly talented and so funny and creative. And I think it'd be really awesome to get to talk to her. And you could convince her to come on your podcast if you did that too. <laughs> well, sure. Yeah. <laughs> it's the perk, you know. It's part of the perks. Yeah, I'd be like, you know, you're already at dinner with me. Why don't we just like record something? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, so thank you everybody who did send in feedback. If you want to send in feedback, you can always email us, shit90spod at gmail.com. You can go on our website, shit90spod.com. Uh, um, we also have, you can leave a voicemail like Temi did. Be cool. Leave a voicemail for us to listen to. Um, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at shit90spod. If you want to leave us uh, information, you know, feedback, anything. If you want to give us five stars, we love five-star reviews. It's like our favorite thing ever. So please do that as well. Um, Lindy, thank you so much for joining us. This was, I feel like this was a long time coming, but it was worth the wait. This was a dream come true. I love you too. Like you are so funny. I listen to you every week and it's a true highlight and just to be on here talking to you two about dawson's creek i can't even believe this is happening this was fantastic well lindy most sweet she's so I much nicer you. than adam isn't she i i mean <laughs> I, don't, I don't know <laughs> Uh, for those who don't know, Adam is Lindy's co-host on One Indescribable Podcast. Lindy, why don't you tell the folks about One Indescribable Podcast and what you guys are up to over there? Yes, I am the co-host of One Indescribable Podcast along with our friends Adam and Todd. And we are recapping every episode of Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. And right now we are wrapping up season two. So we are releasing, you know, recaps at the end of season two. And actually, we are about to record our season two finale episode with none other than Jess Sterling herself. Woo! So excited for that. Jess is our classic finale guest every season. And we have a lot of fun over there. So if you want to check that out, you know, just wherever you get your podcasts. It's really fun. It is one of those podcasts that shoots to the top of my like queue whenever it comes out because you guys crack me up so much. Anytime you do like the games, I don't know. I just love it because there's always an argument that breaks out over something absolutely ridiculous. And it's just so much, it's so yes. much fun. We it have really a lot feels of fun. like three friends hanging out, which is the type of podcast I like listening to. So go check it out. It's so much fun, everyone. Thank you, um, Jess. I'm so honored that you you like listening thank of you of course sarah what else do we have coming up it's uh it's mary kate and ashley march yeah jessica and i've been watching uh two of a kind all day all night for the <laughs> last week. week to try to we're watching the entire uh series which is not that much it's only 22 episodes it didn't last long and uh so Julia travesty uh yeah it's a great show it's a great show so that is going to be with Lindsay wilson that should come out uh pretty soon if it's not already out now um and then uh if you didn't hear our coverage on the truman show that was a lot of fun mm -hmm. that got voted well mm, covering a movie got voted and then we picked a name out of the hat and Miriam suggestion the Truman show one Jess never had seen it before so yeah. check that out and then of course our weekly boy meets world and Dawson's Creek 
coverage. Jessica, what is uh, the name of next week's episode, actually? The name of next week's episode is Future Tense. Uh, I, I can't even guess. Um, so you can find <laughs> us at Shit90sPod on Twitter and Instagram, Shit90sPod.com. You can find me at Sarah Ferguson. Uh, Jess and I are wrapping up our Gilded Age coverage on post-show recaps, sadly. Um, you will miss it terribly. Uh, Jess, tell us tell us about your endeavors on post-show recaps. Yes, of course. So uh, you can catch me over at post-show recaps. Um, we recently wrapped up coverage of Upload Season 2. That was me and Mike Bloom. He was on uh, Boy Meets World coverage with us recently. So go check that out as well. Um, what else? So we're wrapping up the gilded age but if you love hearing sarah and i talk and i'm sure you do because you've got two hours into this podcast um then check us out we're going to be covering the flight attendant which is coming back for season two it's an hmo max show starling kaylee cuoco it's kind of like a murder mystery thriller but like with a really sloppy sloppy character um, so season one already happened. Season two is coming up, but we're going to be putting out all sorts of season one podcasts very soon. So definitely check that out on our post-show recaps. And of course, I'm always on community building and all the other stuff. Just follow me on Twitter. I'm at the Jess Sterling. Um, and something else that's very exciting is when we cover future tense next week, we're also not going to be alone again. Can you believe it? Back to back guests wild and out over here we're gonna have um our one like one of the most faithful listeners i think we have tom palmer he's gonna come on and chat with us all about dawson's creek he's a huge fan so of the show <laughs> and us i guess but you know what i mean so he's gonna come on and chat with us i'm super excited uh so much good stuff coming up thank you again lindy for coming on it really was so much fun thank you so much i loved this <laughs> Thank you all for listening. We will talk to you all next week. Have a good night. Bye. Shit 90 shows. Talk.